happened. I was probably like six, maybe, um, riding home from dance class, and my mom was driving, and Brad Paisley's song We Danced came on the radio. And after it was over, I looked at my mom, and I was like, Mom, I love country music because it tells stories. And so I've just always like been aware of, of that. I, I love that about country music. And and I've always written stories, even when I was little. I'm, at one point, I was like, maybe I'll be a children's author, too. And, um, and so I... Intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Joining us here on the Bar Conversations this week, we've got a lot to talk about as she's got a whole lot going on in her career and her life. Let's welcome in country artist, songwriter, Jenny Tolman. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now... I joked a little bit before I hit the record button that I know you've got a, a young child at home, so I doubt you were doing anything too crazy, but um, i got to ask, since this is Bar Conversations, uh, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> well, tonight it's not, not too exciting. I've got some water because I've got a 7 a.m. flight in the morning <laughs> and a nine-month-old, so <laughs> I can gotta, understand that. take it easy tonight, but, but um, typically I'm a tequila girl. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. So now, are you just like Blanco, or do you get into the Reposado, the Añejos, things like that? What's, what's your tequila of choice these days? Well, um, actually, a good friend of mine who's also an artist, his name's John Wolf. He, you should definitely have mm. him on because he's got his oh, own I've, tequila. He was very, he was very chatty. I think oh, I asked him like yet. three questions. <laughs> yes, yes. Perfect. Yeah, well, my husband uh, is a producer, and he produces John as well, so we've got tons of Juan Lobo, so I mean, every single <laughs> every single kind, I mean, but, but when it's not Juan Lobo, I typically do a very girly thing, and I just get tequila with soda and a little splash of pineapple juice and lime. It's good. I like it. That's simple, but, but, but probably yeah. very good. It is very good, and pineapple juice is actually really good for your vocal cords, so that's like my show drink. <laughs> I was curious, because it's always funny, I, I've asked this to a lot of folks as I've learned that so many enjoy what yeah. I never would have thought of, like a whiskey, you know, it warms up the vocal cords, I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, <laughs> so yep. it's interesting, I like that. <laughs> yeah, it it sure is, but I'm, I'm more of a tequila girl than a whiskey girl, although I do enjoy some uh, Wyoming whiskey. I don't know if you've ever had that. It's really good. Well, I was about ready to say, so I always try to find something that has a connection to the artist. And I was trying to figure it out because I know you're a Nashville girl, but I know yes. Wyoming has a special place. So a little Wyoming oh whiskey gosh, tonight. No way. <laughs> That's so, perfect. So. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, I love what they do out there. They've got a cool story and it, they make some good stuff. And, um, like I said, I know you're, we'll talk a little bit about Wyoming later cause I know that's a special place to you, but you're an actual, one of the rare unicorn Nashville natives that's working in doing music in Nashville, right? Yes. It's crazy. You know, what's funny is that until I got into the music industry, it wasn't weird that I was from here. Because, <laughs> you know, you grow up here and everybody else, all of your friends are growing up here. And then it's not until you start meeting people who moved here and you're like, oh, wait, I guess that it's very unusual in this business to actually be from here. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, does that give you like a leg up on knowing where to avoid and the fun, cool places to go and take people? You know, it yes and no. It definitely, you know, 
I was really lucky to have like my dad um, know where to stay away from <laughs> and, and when it comes to music industry stuff. Um, but honestly, I'm such an old lady. I hardly go out, especially now that I have a baby. I feel like everybody else who's like a tourist, they'll, they'll text me and they'll be like, hey, have you been there? How's this place? And I'm like, I have never even heard of that, but apparently it's really cool <laughs> according to you guys. So I'm like not the person to ask where you should go in Nashville, which is sad, but yeah, it's definitely, um, I feel like the people who move here have a leg up on what's actually cool and trendy in town because I, I do not go out that much. <laughs> well, and, and too, you've seen probably the town change very drastically from when you were yeah. young to, to now. Yes. I mean, when, when I was growing up, what we did for fun was go down to Broadway, get dressed up, and just walk up and down the sidewalks because we couldn't go in anywhere. <laughs> so that was like, because everybody's like, oh my gosh, what was it like growing up in Nashville? And I'm like, well, I mean, you can't do anything until you're 21. <laughs> so it wasn't that different. We had a bowling alley. You know what is cool is growing up going to the Grand Ole Opry. That's that's probably the one of the coolest. Is that's that's definitely special to Nashville. But I mean, it's it's a uh, it's one of those things where you're like when you grow up here, you don't realize how cool it is, you know, you're just kind of spoiled by it. So I probably have a little <laughs> bit of that going on. <laughs> well, and, and you touched on it. Your dad was in the music industry as well. So I'm guessing maybe a little bit of that as well, being growing up around the music industry and probably not always knowing what you were truly experiencing as well. Yeah. You know, I always joke that I would, <laughs> go up the bonus room steps in my parents' house to a multi-platinum record that my dad sang on for Garth Brooks, and I was like, huh, I don't know who's that Garth Brooks guy. You know, it was just kind of <laughs> normal. You don't, you don't really think about it when you're a kid. It's just what it is, and then you grow up and you realize, like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> the most sold album of all time my dad was on. That's all right, Dad. I'll give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I'm guessing you got to go to the Ryman and the the Opry as well and probably get, maybe not sitting out always in the crowd, but getting a little backstage access as well. Yeah, you know, I, I did a few quite a few times, and so that was obviously very, very special and very grateful looking back on those times. I specifically remember once um, I loved Sarah Evans growing up, and she was playing the Opry one night, and so my dad took me and... Um, I was backstage and got to meet her and I just thought, and she was so nice and I was like, this is the best day of my life. And so that's definitely one that stands out to me. So yeah, there's there's been a lot of cool things that I've had to look back and be like, wow, that really wasn't normal at all. And I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> well, and, and did you grow up, I mean, obviously you were around music, your, your dad kind of being in the industry and doing things. Did you, did you grow up loving music as well, like wanting to play things, do things, or was it just enjoying, you know, songs and things like that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I I always knew that I wanted to be a singer. Um, it was never even like a thought in my mind. It was just like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, but really where, you know, country music and songwriting kind of came into play was I, well, I've always had a love for country music because when I was little, um, this is a story I tell a lot, but it's it's exactly how it happened. I was probably like six, maybe, um, riding home from dance class, and my mom was driving, and Brad Paisley's song, We Danced, came on the radio. 
And after it was over, I looked at my mom and I was like, mom, I love country music because it tells stories. And so I've just always like been aware of, of that. I, I love that about country music. And, and I've always written stories, even when I was little, I'm at one point I was like, maybe I'll be a children's author too. And, um, and so I just always loved like characters and storytelling and all of that. And really when I got a guitar for my 16th birthday it was kind of like this light bulb moment for me where I was like, wait, if I put everything that I love to do together, it's called being a country artist and a songwriter, a singer songwriter. And so it was kind of like, oh, that's what I'm going to do with this singing thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, ever since then, just haven't looked back. I was going to say, and I believe that was also a good time for you to have an outlet and be able to put some thoughts out there and, and do some things. And I'm guessing that was a big impact on your life in general, not just in music, but, you know, like I said, your life as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think <clears throat> oh, it's funny. I was just talking to um, Ashley Monroe about this, actually. <laughs> she, because uh, I started a, a podcast not too long ago, about a month ago, and she was one of my first guests on. And we were talking about how she started writing and really that it was a therapeutic thing. And, and I agreed with her. I mean, that's exactly how I started, too. And I feel like so many writers and artists start because you need that outlet. And, you know, that's that's kind of the beginning of everything that opens the floodgates. So it definitely is, you know, it's, I mean, as as healing as it is for people to listen to, it's it's just as healing for to create it. Yeah, I was gonna say I was talking to, to Shane Prophet the other night, and he said I'm not good at actually talking about my emotions, but writing them down in a song just seems a whole lot easier for me and, and letting it out. So it makes a ton of mm -hmm. sense, and folks can connect that way too. They they see themselves in the songs and and kind of maybe know what what um, you've either gone through or or see themselves and and have something to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. And. You know, as you grew up, uh, um, who were some of your biggest influences growing up, whether that was musically or in life? You know, I've always loved Leanne Womack, who's one of my favorite artists of all time. She still is. Um, Roger Miller, Bobby Bear, anything written by Shel Silverstein. Like, I love the weird, wacky stuff, and they were all really good at it. Um, because I always, you know, in my music... You can probably tell I like characters and I like to make people laugh. Um, but something that I always try to do is have a bit of an enlightening message mixed in there. Um, and I always refer back to this Roger Miller song called You Can't Roller Skate in a Buffalo Herd. Because it's like, it's full of all of these like ridiculous things where you're like, what the heck is this dude talking about? And then it gets to the hook of the song after saying all these things that are impossible. And it says, but you can be happy if you have a mind to. And so you're like, oh my gosh, that's actually brilliant. Because it, the, it's the whole message of, you know, sometimes it feels impossible to be happy. But really all it is, is you make the choice to do it even when it seems impossible. And it's like, wait, that's actually like a really heavy message in the middle of this ridiculousness. <laughs> and I just love that. I think that's so cool and such a unique way to like make a statement. Well, and like you said, you, you do that with with your songs. You have a lot of fun um, with with them. Why did you kind of want to go that, that route when it came to being a little, you know, tongue-in-cheek, have fun, do do things maybe a little different than what others are, are doing right now. 
Yeah, you know, I well, it kind of goes back to that therapeutic um, thing that we were talking about. I was in an abusive relationship in high school, and that's really around the same time frame that I got the guitar and, and kind of everything started coming together musically. Um, and I was just stuck in this, like, self-pity hole for a while and just, like, um, feeling all that. And it's and it's important to, to feel that, but then it's also important to move on and learn from it. And, um, and I just kind of had this, like, come to Jesus moment with myself one day where I was like, okay, we can sit here and wallow forever and be miserable, or we can smile and, <laughs> you know, laugh. And I started realizing that laughing made me feel a lot better and made other people feel a lot better too. And, um, you know, laughter is the best medicine isn't a saying for no reason. So, so I just kind of made the decision. I was like, if I'm going to make music for other people, then I want to make them laugh. I want to bring, you know, happiness into their worlds and help them out of those places that they might be stuck in. And, you know, still obviously talk about the hard things and feel those feelings every now and then because I definitely have a few of those songs. Um, but I feel like I definitely lean heavier on the, like, let's have fun with life. This is, we can't take ourselves too seriously because once you do, nothing's fun. <laughs> and especially when you can make people laugh, I feel like they get more comfortable with you. And so then they're like more tuned in to what you actually have to say. And, um, and so then it makes those, you know, more, more meaningful messages, more impactful. Well, and you, you've done an amazing job with that, with your songs. And like you said, life is, you. is good. You've got a newborn. Well, I guess not exactly newborn, newborn. He's nine months old now. So what's no. it like having a kid at home? Time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. Oh my gosh. We had his nine month appointment today and he's in the 75th percentile for height and weight. He's huge and he's just the best thing ever. Oh my gosh. I'm like every single cliche that I've ever heard is so true because you're just like instantly obsessed with them. Nothing else matters. And, and it's also the hardest thing in the world, but it's the mm -hmm. best thing in the world too. So, um, yeah oh my gosh but i'm just so blessed he is like an angel baby he could not be a better baby he sleeps 11 hours every single night Ooh. yeah the pediatrician was like don't tell anybody that <laughs> but no, he's great he just he smiles all the time he's such a happy baby um oh my gosh just a little chunker i love him so much <laughs> <laughs> well and i was gonna say i'm guessing too the life of a musician being up at weird hours was perfectly yeah. fine for having a kid, right? Oh, <laughs> you were <yeah>. ready. <laughs> he's, he's already fallen asleep in a few bars. I mean, <laughs> I'm no crazy one with the baby in the bar. <laughs> but I had an album, uh, my album last year that came out was called Married in a Honky Tonk, and everybody's like, Jenny, now you need an album called Baby in a Honky Tonk. I was going to say, was it'd be a perfect next chapter. <laughs> yep, I was pregnant in the Honky Tonk last year. <laughs> Well, and, and and by the time this airs, um, you will have uh, been out in Jackson Hole for a few things. Um, I know that's a special place for you. You've been able to shoot videos out there. You were engaged out there. I believe you had your wedding. You've probably maybe enjoyed a Wyoming whiskey or two out there. Uh, what's so special about that place for you? 
So I first went to Jackson Hole in October of 2020 because um, I was playing a show. I had a show scheduled in March of 2020, but obviously that didn't happen because we know what happened in March of 2020. <laughs> uh, and so when I played, when I finally got to play out there in October, uh, my now husband proposed to me on that trip and it's just the most beautiful place I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And there's something about it. I don't know. Have you been there? I have my my wife and I's uh, honeymoon was out there. Oh my gosh! At the one perfect. time, at the one time we went over Thanksgiving. Normally it snows all winter long. There was no snow. <laughs> I was oh like, no. we're supposed to go go snowmobiling into Yellowstone, go in the hot springs. Oh no! Can't do it. <laughs> you have to go. <laughs> but it again. is beautiful. That yes. is one of our goals. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Maybe next year for cowgirls at the cowboy because. Which, which I'll touch on right now, <laughs> continuing my Jackson love story. So anyways, got engaged there, just fell in love with the town. The people there are amazing. My husband and I joke that we have more friends there because everybody's so nice. <laughs> and we ended up getting married there. Um, and I just made really good friends with the owner of the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar out there. He's an amazing man. His name's Bill Baxter. And he's such a huge supporter of mine and just women in country music in general. And so he actually approached me with this idea to do an all-female country music festival at the Cowboy Bar. And I was like, oh, yeah, count me in. So I just kind of got this blessing dropped into my lap to get to put together a three-night festival, all-female, at the Cowboy Bar. Uh, last year was our first year. Um, it was amazing. We had the first night, which is more of like a songwriter night, we had um, Natalie Hemby, Caitlin Smith, and myself. And Natalie and Caitlin like completely blew the roof off. I was way out of my league up there. But they're so nice and so talented. Oh my gosh. The second night, I played full band, and Carter Faith played full band, who's an amazing up-and-comer. She sounds like a fairy. I always tell her that. <laughs> Um, and then the last night we had for our headliner was Carly Pierce, which was absolutely amazing. Obviously, she was ACM and CMA Female Vocalist of the Year last year, so that was a huge, you know, big flag that we got to wave for the festival on the first year. And yeah, so it went over so well that we're doing it again this year, so our second annual. And we've got the first night we have Ashley Monroe and Dina Carter and myself, and then Second night will be Tiger Lily Gold, who are just blowing up on the country charts right now. I'm so my, excited for them. My four-year-old daughter loves the song Shoot Tequila, and my wife <laughs> is very lo loves that that's the song that I played I mean, for her that she got addicted to. <laughs> I'm not surprised if, if it's your daughter. She, she's, got, she's on brand for the family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, they're so great, and they're such sweet girls. And then the last night for our headliner, we've got Lauren Elena which is going to be so much fun. She is, she's a hoot. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, being able to do that, I know you've kind of done the podcasting connection with that. Um, how cool has it been able to share their stories, talk to them, and kind of bring a little bit more of how they got to where they are out to folks? Yeah, that's been really special. So I started my podcast called The Road to Cowgirls at the Cowboy, and it features... Uh, we we had Caitlin Smith who performed last year, so she kind of we talked about her experience and talked about everything that she's doing now, and she's just the nicest artist I've ever met. Like I'm not kidding, she's so so kind. Um, so we've got 
anywhere from, you know, past performers to current performers. Tiger Lily came on, Ashley Monroe has come on, um, and we also had Carissa Coliner, who is the host for CMT's Hot 20 Countdown. She came on because she is not an artist, but she's a, I, I call her a lady of Cowgirls at the Cowboy nonetheless, because CMT is actually coming out to film the festival for an episode of Hot 20. So I got to talk to her about how she got to where she is, uh, you know, as a female host in this industry. And, um, and what's really cool is that we have so many moms on, on the festival. Like Caitlin's a mom, Ashley's a mom, Dina's a mom. Last year, Natalie Hemby is a mom, and and so it's just, you know, Carissa's a mom, and it's just such a cool thing to be like, hey, your life does not end when you have a baby. It might, you know, certain things get harder, but certain things get way better, and meaning more meaningful, and we can still do all of these really cool special things, and it's just fun to be able to showcase that. Yeah, and by the time this comes out, the second one will have have wrapped up but if you haven't gone out to jackson hole i highly recommend getting out there yes. it is beautiful um the national elk refuge and all that is amazing <clears throat> and you you talk about what you've done you've got a couple new songs out here uh recently uh rodeo must be a woman and and right back and i feel like those are two very different stylistic songs that, that you were able to put out here recently yeah so right back was the first new music that i put out since having my son um, just, you know, a month and a half or so ago, and maybe it was two months ago, and I, I felt like the title right back was a great way to jump back into the game, even though the song isn't necessarily, she's not coming right back, but, <laughs> but it's kind of the, my like signature lane of storytelling, a little bit of tongue in cheek, but a nice two-step beat. I love two-stepping songs because I love to make people dance at live shows. It's like my favorite thing to be up on stage and have everybody twirling and spinning and dipping. It's so much fun. So I knew that I wanted to lead out with something like that. Um, but yeah, Rodeo Must Be a Woman, which just came out last Friday, um, is a really, really special one for me because it is a little bit different. You know, it's a, it's a little bit more in that Western vein. And it's kind of, I mean, it's very organically inspired by not only my love of Jackson Hole, which we've talked about, but I've just really fallen in love with the Western culture over the last couple of years, getting to tour out there. And, you know, I've played so many rodeos from NFR to the National Western. You know, we've, um, we just played the after party for Cheyenne Frontier Days last month. And so just getting to be out West and meet so many people and, you know, actually hang out with the cowboys and, you know, learn about that lifestyle i love it i love it so much they're you know salt of the earth people um and so this song when my co-writer um craig monday he brought this into the right with my husband and i this title and i was like oh my gosh i love that because obviously i love cowboys and i love <laughs> the west but getting to tell that you know classic cowboy story from the female perspective, I'd never heard anything like that. So I just fell in love with it and, and it turned out so beautiful. And I'm just really excited about it because people are responding so well to it. And, you know, I've gotten more messages from people about this song than anything else I've ever put out. Um, so it's just, it's really, really special. Well, and like you said too, when you, 
when you were able to kind of switch it up a little bit and kind of show that a little more emotional side of things and maybe not as much tongue-in-cheek, uh, it, it can have a, a big impact. And, and when you're writing songs, cause I know you do a lot of writing, co-writing, um, is it always experiences, ideas? How does that work for you when, when you go into the, the writer's room? Yeah, it's always different. I mean, there's there's definitely times where I go in and I'm like, okay, this just happened and I have to write about it. And then there's other times where you're pulling from whether it's your co-writer's lives or even like somebody, like a family member or a friend or something that's going on in their lives or even just a person you saw, you saw walking down the street. Like the other day I saw this man driving down the interstate and he was an older man and he had a bouquet of flowers in his truck and it was just him and this bouquet of flowers and I was like, I wonder where he's going. That would be a really cool song to write and you just kind of make up a story about it and um, so that's actually a song that I'm excited about that I can't talk about yet because it's not even anywhere close. But like that just happened. So it's just kind of random. Wherever the inspiration hits, I will take it. Well, I was going to say, that's that storytelling aspect uh, of whether it's in a, a book or, or a song, people can actually see what, what you're singing about and can kind of be transported there. Yeah, exactly. And... Like you said, you you have fun uh, with 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 some lyrics, but you also get emotional with songs like whether it's you know Rodeo Must Be a Woman or even a song as Afraid. And what's it like when you kind of put those songs out? Because like you said, they are a little bit different than what you typically do. Yeah, you know, Afraid was one that that got a great response too. Because um, I actually wrote that one when my husband and I weren't even dating; we were just co-writers, and um, and that was the night that I realized that I was in love with him, I wrote that song because he had gotten attacked. And um, there was this, it was this whole huge story. It was on Good Morning America and crazy. Um, Cause he, him and his friend were just jumped randomly on the street in Nashville. And um, he ended up having his jaw completely shattered and wired shut for six weeks and reconstructive surgery and all this. And, and it was when that happened that I realized like immediately I was like oh my gosh I'm in love with this person and like this is my person and I just felt this immediate need to be with him and so that was a song that I wrote that night um, I wrote two songs that night and that and one the other ones unreleased and considering putting it out but um but yeah afraid was one of them too and and just poured out of me because it was real and raw in that moment and then you, you've also had a, a really cool and amazing video uh, that you put out, Watering the Weeds. Uh, how how did that video come about, and why did you want to do something with Thistle Farms? Yeah, so I went to Thistle Farms to, honestly, not even thinking about doing a music video there. I was just there because we were, I was wanting to donate a portion of the proceeds from that song to somewhere, or from from my album to somewhere. Um, the the Married in a Honky Tonk album and as I was touring that facility um, there was this thing called circle time that they were doing and so I got to sit in there and and listen to their stories and there was this one particular woman who was telling her story because Thistle Farms is a um, trafficking survivors abuse survivors things like that um, that they take in women and help them out, give them jobs, give them a place to live, and kind of rehabilitate them. Um, and 
So they they have stories that you can't even imagine, you know, comprehend. And there was this one woman who was talking about was she was reading a story from this Thistle Farms book, and there was a girl who had been trafficked, and she was living in this beautiful hotel. That's where she was kept captive, and that was what she was grateful for. She just focused every single day that she was in this beautiful room and it had a beautiful chandelier. And every now and then the sun would shine in from the window and hit her face and that warmed her skin and she loved that feeling and that was like, those were her things that she was grateful for and that's all she would focus on every day. And that just like knocked the wind out of me because I'm like, oh my gosh, think about everything that I complain about every single day or like the little things that I get annoyed about. And this woman is grateful for the sun coming in and a chandelier and this room that she's trapped in when, you know, God awful things happening to her. And, um, and it just made me think of the song watering the weeds because the song is about, you know, whatever you focus on, you're going to grow. And just like weeds grow exponentially if you water them. <laughs> Even if you don't want her, <laughs> you know, so do negative thoughts. And so somehow this woman was strong enough to know that. And she was so strong to know, okay, I need to focus on gratitude. And that's what kept her alive and how she ended up eventually getting out of that situation. And, um, and so I just felt so strongly in that moment. I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to somehow feature these women and their stories for a video for this song because this the song is a much lighter version of of that concept because it doesn't go that heavy at all in the song but but you know it is the same sentiment of you know gratitude for the good things and not focusing on the negative and not feeding into that um and so i pulled one of the directors aside and i was like listen this is not why i'm here but I just got this idea and I would love to run it by you. And I played her the song and she was like, oh my gosh, I love this. I think this would be great. And so we ended up collaborating on this music video. And I mean, it just turned out so, so fun and so special. The women that are featured in there and their stories and, you know, just getting to show, shine a light on Thistle Farms and the amazing work that they're doing in Nashville um, is just really special. And, you know, that's the type of stuff that you know, that's why we make music is to help people and, you know, to whether that's just healing an emotion with three minute song or, you know, bringing an awareness to a giant organization such as that to help even more women, you know, beyond the song. And so it's really, really special and uh, just very grateful that they agreed and wanted to join in. <laughs> And, and then the the feedback from from folks was awesome, as I know I believe it went went viral and brought a lot of a, of, of good yeah, attention half there. A million views, like in two days, I think, or something like that. It was it was wild. So, and you know, stuff like that shows me that people are good, and no matter what, no matter what the news tries to tell us, I'm like, I just it's like that Luke Bryan song. I believe most people are good. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And for, for you, as, as you've gone on this wild journey, I mean, I know you're kind of at the very start of it, but it's been a, a, a lot a lot has happened in, in your life with, with music. What, what's it been like for you on this journey and what, as you look back and see where you're at now? You know, it's, it's funny that you ask that because that's something that I was just thinking about. Like, I need to stop and take account of all the things that 
I'm grateful for and all the things that I've accomplished because it, it's so easy to get into this mindset of like, oh, I don't have this yet. I don't, I want, I still want to get to this or I don't, you know, things like that. And, and, you know, I think back to when I was like pining over a certain publication saying my name or writing my name on an article. And, and now that that happens and you kind of, you know, are like, oh, okay, cool. What's next? And I'm like, wait, okay, no, we need to go back to that girl that was so excited and and be grateful for it because it really is amazing, you know, to get to look back and see all the things that I've gotten to do. And, you know, I mean, I get to have a festival in Jackson Hole in the most beautiful place in the world. That's, that's amazing. And I'm so grateful for that. And that's not something that just like, you know, you don't get for no reason. So it's, it's um it's very important to look back and take account of all those things you know because I think about starting at my neighborhood Corky's barbecue <laughs> which is where I used to play all the time writers rounds and and you know I think back on that so fondly and I it would be fun to go back and play there someday maybe I should do like an album release show at Corky's and to like go back to where it all started but I need to be like way cooler before I can actually go back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think you're you're doing good now. That would be how you get out and about, right? That you, yeah. you go back out to some of the the old old stomping grounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you talk about being able to perform, get on stage. What's your favorite part about that, and, and being able to perform for folks? Just connecting with people. You know, I I feel like I had a really hard time during COVID because I, I mean everybody had a really hard time, obviously. But just the lack of, you know, in-person shows, you know, we tried to make up for it as much as we could with Zoom shows and stuff like that. Um, but just, you know, there's nothing that's ever going to replace a face-to-face -face interaction with, you know, a concert and, and getting to meet people afterwards and hug them and hear from them, you know, like what song means the most to them and why or, you know, what their story that connected them, them to that song is. Um, because that's, like I said, that's why we do music in the first place. If you're doing music just for yourself, then that's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what I always love to ask this, too, because I'm always curious to see. Sometimes it's their own song. Sometimes it's someone else's song. What's your p favorite song to perform? I, I'm assuming it's one that, I could be wrong, but one that you like getting up and seeing people move. But what's your favorite song to, to, to perform on, on stage these days? Oh, gosh. That one's a hard one. Um... It depends. I love, hmm. You know what? Okay, I'm gonna go with this one. This is actually one that I didn't write. This is a Shel Silverstein song that um, they called themselves the Old Dogs, but it was Bobby Bear, Mel Tillis, Jerry Reed, and Waylon Jennings. They formed a super group at the end of their careers called the Old Dogs, and it was an album of all Shel Silverstein songs. That were, that were all about getting old <laughs> and dying. And I heard this song on Willie's Roadhouse one day, and my husband and I looked at each other and we were like, we have to cover that song. It's called Still Gonna Die, <laughs> and it's hilarious. And so I close every single show that I ever play, I close with that song. And what's so funny is that it starts with um, a recitation. So you're just talking and like, it's kind of like got these little like preacher vibes and and everybody's just kind of like concerned looking. They're like, where's this girl going? <laughs> What's going on? 
and then it breaks into the the actual music of you're still gonna die and everybody just laughs their heads off every single time and so that never gets old delivering that and just closing the show with that is is a fun one <laughs> i was gonna say everyone leaves with a smile on their face and it, it was a, a great time and yeah. You know, obviously we're getting close to the end of 2023, heading into 2024. What can folks expect from you the rest of this year and into next year? That you're allowed to tell me and not get in yeah. trouble by anyone. <laughs> yeah. A lot more music. I I have lots I I still have more music that I'll be putting out this year and definitely a lot more next year. Um, so yeah, lots lots to look forward to there. I like it. I like it. Well, Jenny, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, this has been so much fun, and I appreciate you sharing your story. And folks, check out her music because it is a good time, and you will definitely have a smile on your face when it's all said and done. Thank you so much. I wish I had some Wyoming whiskey in my hand to cheers. I actually I have some upstairs. I should have thought about that and brought it down, but <laughs> maybe next You'll have time. To have a sip for me. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.